0: that you're here. We've been in a series in the book of James, kind of going line by line, figuring out what James would speak to our hearts. And the, the series is called This Is Us. The reason that the series is called This Is Us is because James is talking to people who are already in the community of God, who are already in the family of God, and he's talking to them about how now should we live, how now do we behave, how now should we interact with one another and with God now that we are followers of Christ. So that's what we've been looking at. We're all the way in chapter four, and it's taken us a while to get there, but um, we're here, and we're gonna gonna see what God is going to speak to our hearts, that by his grace, he's going to give us gifts in order to be able to respond and love one another to one another in ways that will honor him. You know, when I was growing up, I grew up in a super poor household. Anybody here else, anybody else grew up in like super poor household, right? Okay, just one or two of us, right? Yeah, okay, good, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, quite a few of us, right? So we grew up in a super poor household, right? And in our, in my super poor household, there was this thing where I did not know, and I, I couldn't figure this out until like later on in life. I, I look back, I didn't think like this back then, but I, I realized that I thought like this. And it was, I would eat till I could not eat anymore. Did you, did you guys like grow up just eating till you couldn't eat anymore? I would eat because there was something inside of me that wasn't sure we were going to have another meal. And I ate really fast. That did not dawn on me until I started to eat with my wife, and I was consciously telling myself, OK, eat slowly. And she would say, why are you eating so fast? and that would be my slow way of eating. And it was just like because and I was cuz I was the youngest and I wasn't the, you know you know I had older brother and sister and so they could you know they could get more food than I could faster and they could beat it out of me and all that stuff, right? And so I grew up with that even into my 30s. I grew up with a mentality a a scarcity mentality. Like God is not going to provide what I need tonight or tomorrow, so I need to try to get all that I can and all that I can hold on to. I lived with that, I grew up with that. It was the way my mind still functions. I bet I bet that I'm not the only one who grew up or who, who walks with a scarcity mentality. Maybe you do that with money, right? With money, you you hoard it all, and then when we talk about being generous to the church and being, uh, you're like, no, 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 no. You, I, I might not have enough for myself. I know it's a scarcity mentality. With others, it's time. You're super anxious about the time that you have left. Maybe the doctor gave you a bad prognosis. Maybe you're you're you know you figure your days are numbered, and you're anxious. Anxious about time, and it's not allowing you to enjoy the time that you do have. For some of you, it's love relation, love in a relationship, right? You 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 have to be you. you you've been told that you smother people, or maybe you attract smotherers because because it's like I don't think that the love that God is giving. And so I have to compromise principles, I have to lower my standards, I have to walk with morals that are not my own, they're from the world. You see, there's a a way that we could live life not thinking that we'll get what we need. Today we're gonna talk about grace. A grace that God gives for us to connect with one another and relate to God. But when I share with you the grace that God gives, there's going to be a sense in all of our hearts, there's going to be a sense where, like, no, nah, I can't do that. Why? Because God's not going to give me enough to do that. You don't understand. You don't, you don't get where I come from. And, and, beloved, God will give you more grace. I remember thinking that. I remember early on when I was struggling with my porno- pornography addiction. I was, I was thinking, you know what? You're always... Going to be like this. You're always going to do this. Thinking that God won't give enough for me to walk in Him. Some of y'all are thinking like that with your clean time. You got three days, but in the back of your mind, you go, you know, at day 30, you know what happens when you get your keychain? You bounce. I know, and some of us are like that in all sorts of different ways. You get what I'm saying. What I'm saying is is that in the end, we don't trust God to give us what we need to relate with one another and to relate with him. So you know what we do? We give up on one another, and we give up on God, and we run away from one another, and we run away from God. And we do that because we go, you know what? God's not going to give me enough patience for my sister. God is not going to give me enough love for my brother. God is not going to give me enough forgiveness for that family. And so we don't engage. We step back because God is not going to give us enough. But beloved, he does. Now, we all need this message. You know why? Because you're going to be asked in your marriage, with your kids, in your body, with your life and health, with your money, God is always, if you belong to him, he's always gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna expect you, look for you, hope for you to grow in him. And the only way you grow in him is if you're taxed and challenged. And so God is gonna ask and he's gonna lead you and he's gonna strengthen you to walk in a kind of faith that you don't now possess. And you go, but, but I don't know. Well, he, he's gonna give it to you. Don't you get it? He's going to give it to you. And so today, we're going to look at um, chapter 4, verses 6 through 10. And am going to see how God gives grace. But he's going to give us grace to start doing stuff so that we relate to each other. Now, when I speak to you about the stuff that we're going to have to do, it's going to be kind of convicting. But I want you to be reminded what I just told you, that God gives more grace. In fact, that's the big idea for today. You know what the big idea for today is? It's simply this. But God gives more grace. Listen. Listen my sister. God gives more grace. Listen my brother. God gives more grace. Listen. Alcoholic. God gives more grace. Listen. Person struggling with food um, food eating disorder. God gives more grace. Listen, poverty person, God gives more grace. Rich person, God gives more grace. God gives more grace. But God gives more grace. No matter what argument you have in your own heart against God doing what you know he can do, you remind yourself, but God I've never been able to do it. I've never been able to repent. I've never been able to turn from. I've never been able... But, but... God gives more grace. So let's look at the kind of grace that he gives. Now, it's another tradition that we have in our church that we stand at the reading of God's word. And the reason that we stand at the reading of God's word is because we kind of want to remind our bodies, we want to remind ourselves that God, and this is if you can, if you can, it's cool, but um, we want to remind ourselves that God's word is more important than how I feel. So that's why we stand. It's like, you know what? I want to hear from God. And I might have a committee of noise in my head, and I might be anxious and overwhelmed, but God gives more grace. And so we stand because we want to hear from God's word. So let's, um, I'll, I'll read this. Let this wash over you. But he, that is God, he gives us more grace. That is the church, those who belong to Christ. To us is the church to those who belong to Christ. If you don't, there's going to be an opportunity for you to receive Jesus. But I want you to know he gives the church more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. This is God's word. Please have a seat. So, let's, let's look at verse 6. And remember, we need this. You and I need this. You're going to need the kind of instruction that God gives. But here's the deal. You don't have the power to do it. I, I can't stress this enough. What I'm going to talk to you about is what God can do in you, not what you can do in your own strength. Does that make sense? Because I know you grew up like I did, hearing Christianity is do, 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 try harder, do better. And I'm telling you, beloved, that's not Christianity. You you know that? you You know the most famous scripture in all of America? Do you know what it is? God helps those who help themselves. Here's the problem with that. It's not in the Bible. In fact, the whole Bible, the point of the whole Bible is God helps those who can't help themselves. That's the point. You and I would not be here if we could help ourselves. And so, whatever we speak about today, just know, I can't do that. Just say that to yourself. I can't do that, but God but God gives more grace. I can't do that, but God gives more grace. So, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. We talked about this last week. I'm just gonna, you know, uh, yeah, we talked about it last week. I can't go over the whole thing, but here's what I want you to know. That, that, that if you're arrogant, meaning if you don't need God, if you could, could do life on your own, if it's, you know what? It's about pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps. I got news for you. You got no boots. You can't do it. You can't do it. Listen to me. And it's, it's not just you, it's me, it's all of us. We're all in desperate need of a Savior. In fact, that's why when we feel bad, we run to and we go to. And when we're depressed, we run to and we go to because every one of us is looking for a savior and the saviors that we look for do not satisfy. That's why Jesus says, oh, since the saviors that you're looking for do not satisfy, I have an idea. I'll be your savior. I will give you joy, satisfaction, peace and rest. I'll give you eternal life and I'll strengthen you as you go along because he's our savior and he only gives that to the humble. So the proud, you know what they get? They get resistance. They get resistance, and it's the greatest gift that God could give you. The greatest gift that God could give someone, some of us, is resistance. If you don't believe me, imagine having, right, I don't have to imagine this. I got five kids from six to 27. From six to 27. So I got a bunch of kids, right? And so, but I know enough that there have been times where I've had to resist My children. In other words, I've had to manually restrain them. Have you ever had to manually restrain a child? (laughs) Right? They're going crazy because you're not giving them what they want. And so the most loving thing I can do when Junior wants to see if his tongue fits all the way into the socket, the most (laughs) loving thing that I can do is restrain him, resist him, defy him. Some of you are in a depression right now because you haven't understood that God is resisting you for your own good. That the thing that you want, the reason that, you know, that girl that you can't live without, that guy that is your world and that, you know what, that you think, you think, oh, no, why? I'm cursed. God can't. Why isn't God? No, no, no. God is resisting you. You got your tongue out. The the socket is there. He's resisting you. You hear what I'm saying here? He's resisting. It's the most kindest, most loving thing he could do for us is not give us what we want. Could you imagine what would happen if God answered your prayer to win the lottery? Oh, my. Some of y'all would be dead by the end of the week. And some of y'all would just run from Jesus. Beloved, God resists the proud for their own good. But he gives more grace. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Those who come to God and go, I need, I don't have, you can only do this. Those who come to God and say, I got it all together, I can handle it, then handle it, do the best you can. But to those who go, no, 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 I need, I got to have, you got to help. God goes, I got you. I gave grace to the humble. It's with that attitude that we're going to enter into the rest of the text. He gives more grace to the humble. And so do you want more grace? Then just go, God, I can't do everything. Everything in this society is like, go on, you know, try harder, do better. You can do it. You're the one. You can, no, beloved, no. God, I can't do this, but you can. But you give more grace. God, I can't do this, but you give more grace. And so after he says that, he says, since this is true, that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble, here's a thought. Submit yourselves to God. Do you see the word then? The then means like, it's like a therefore. If this is true, it's like saying, um, I'm hungry, therefore I'm going to go to a restaurant after this service, right? What I'm saying, the therefore is going to explain. Why, uh, why or what of what the statement that I just said. Because he gives one grace, therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Since that's true, here's a thought. Submit yourselves to God. Surrender. Some of y'all, you, you've heard this before, but you've never done it. Surrender to win. Surrender to win. Like, and 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 sometimes the only way to win is to stop fighting. Amen. It's the only way. Surrender, surrender in your marriage, surrender in your oh good night in so many different areas. Submit yourselves then, because God gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. That is the basis. God gives the grace. So because he gives all the strength, because he gives all the desire, because he gives everything that you and I need, he says then, trust me. Submit to me. You don't submit to nobody that you don't trust, right? Not unless they force you, right? So trust God. He's got a better plan for you than you. Sure he does. Think about what all your pursuing joy has gotten you in life. Think about that. You thought, man, if I just got married. Then you got married, and you think, oh, if I just got divorced. <laughs> then you did that, and then you just got married again. And it's like, oh, good night. Come on, man. Listen, why would you trust you? Hey, here's a question. This is, let's, let's, let's have a little test. Who here has ever was certain about going in a particular direction, and that direction hurt real bad? Could have been a relationship, romance. Could have been whatever, anything, right? Anybody, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay, yeah. And those of y'all who are not raising your hand, you either don't understand the question or you're lying. But here's what I'm saying. We've all done that. Here's the point. Here's the point. Here's the point that I'm trying to make. I'm not trying to. I'm not. I, I'm making fun of me too, because believe me, I'm, I'm. My hands raised too. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. This is something for you to think about. Why would you trust you, a known mistake maker? <laughs> rather than God, the one who's never made an error. Why? So God goes, I can be trusted. You? You lick sockets. God keeps you from that. Some of y'all, that's all you're going to remember of this whole talk. <laughs> Work so hard. All right, submit yourselves then to God. Okay, so then what does submission to God look like? How do I submit to God? Because you go, okay, fine, I'll submit to God. I've gone my own way. I've done my own thing. I've, I've made, made a mess of my life. Or I've done everything right. I had to Listen, so for some of you, the greatest gift that God could give you is the pain of achieving all of your goals. I'm telling you, have you ever heard of what the most successful people in the world are saying? There's got to be more. Some of the, it's one of the greatest gifts God could give you is the pain of recognizing that achieving all your goals will, all your goals will leave you empty. Amen. He says, then what, then what does submission look like? How, what does submission look like? It looks like these five things. He's going to talk about these five things in the next few verses. So let's look at them. What does it look like? Well, the first one is resist the devil forcefully. Do you see that? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So God gives grace. God gives more grace to those who resist the devil forcefully. So that means, here's, here's a thought. Did you know that you do not have to do, you do not have to say, you do not have to act on everything you feel and think? Amen. That was a revelation. When, that, when, when, when someone told me that, it goes, yeah, man, but I feel like doing it. You, go, you don't have to do what you feel. It's like, oh. it's like you like the Dalai Lama. you so wise. That was great. You and I have thoughts and feelings. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, we don't have to wonder about how something could feel so good and be so wrong. We don't have to wonder about that. We've experienced that. If loving you is wrong, and listen, I've lived long enough to know if loving you is wrong, I need to go the other way. Because, oh my goodness. Man, listen, I've had best friends, like close, close friends go, yeah, later, I'll see you. But I've loved the wrong person. And when they left, I wanted to kill myself. You know what that's like. We have to resist the devil Forcefully, How do we do that? Here's how we do that. Ready? It's one word. Together. You ain't got this. You can't beat your binging and purging. You can't beat your cutting and wearing long sleeves. You can't beat your... Overspending. You can't beat your apathy towards your wife. You can't beat your disrespect against your husband. You can't beat your hoarding over your children. You're lording it over your children. You can't beat the addiction that's got you down. You can't beat the weaknesses that have defeated you. We have to listen to me resist the devil. You can't beat that by yourself. We need each other. Touch the person next to you and say, I need you. OK. Now, now touch the other person says, nah, I need you too. Right? All right. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, man. I can't do it. Listen, the way we fight, we fight. Listen, listen, I, lo- I love that whole idea of when we were kids, you know, if you mess with me, you mess with my whole family. I love that. I love that. I, there were some neighborhoods I could not walk through. But if my brother was with me, Be like John Travolta in *Sad Night Fever*. Like just chilling, right? Why? Because my brother could handle anything. In my eyes, my brother could handle. He was my brother was big and strong, and he loved me and would protect me. We need each other. God does not save you in a silo, and so. That's why after this, we're going to we're going to have another portion of our service where we go and we eat together and we talk about what the scriptures have taught us. And we talk to one another because we're trying to harbor a uh, We're trying to create an atmosphere so so that relationships can happen and so that you go, oh, my gosh, you struggle with pornography, too. Oh, my gosh, you struggle with singleness, too. Oh, my gosh, you struggle with depression, too. Oh, my gosh, you struggle. You, too. Me, too. And we do it together. We resist the devil forcefully. We resist the devil forcefully. We don't do it alone. Not only, God gives grace to those who, uh, um, uh, to the humble. He gives more grace. First, the humble, they need to resist the devil. What does it look like to submit to God? We got to resist the devil forcefully and we do it together. Secondly, we seek God fervently. So we resist the devil forcefully and we seek God fervently. Do you see it in the text? Look, it says it right there in verse 7. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And then in verse, excuse me, and then in verse 8 it says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Seek God fervently. Come near to God and he'll come near to you. There's no rejection here. There's nobody who's ever gone to God and God is like, nah, not tall enough. (laughs) There's no one God has ever gone to, there's no one who's ever come to God and God said, nah, not good enough. In fact, God knows that all of us are not good enough. That's the very basis, that's the very foundation of the gospel. You are a mess. I am a mess. Isn't that good news? We don't have to pretend. We don't have to pretend. I know, listen, I know if you're here, I know you messed up. It's cool. It's cool because nobody comes to God unless they admit that they're messed up. And then you're like sitting there, some of you, and you're thinking, but wait, I haven't realized that I'm messed up. Oh, but there's time. You can realize it now. You can realize it now. You might have gone to church your whole life thinking that Christianity is about being a good boy or girl. No, 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 no. It's about messed up people admitting that they're not good and getting the goodness that God gives. So we resist, but we also seek. Seek God fervently. You know how we seek God fervently? Does anybody know how we seek God fervently? It's one word, let me get to it. Together. You do not seek God alone. It's this nonsense in America where we go, I can have church all by myself, as if you didn't understand that the very word church means the gathering. You can't do that by yourself. Amen. We, we need each other. If I'm going to seek God, here's what happens, right? And and this is true, Uh, Gus. Would you mind? I'll just use you as a as a a thing, right? So me and Gus, right? We're we're doing life together. We're walking around. Where's Pedro? Pedro's right there, right? So all three of us, we're doing life together, right? And so, I'll 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 go and I go, guys. I don't know why I'm really struggling with, right? Do you have your? Yeah. I know what mine is. Do you know what yours is? Yeah. You sure? All right, think of yours. Don't, don't be so focused on mine. Think of yours. <laughs> but I tell them, oh, my gosh, I am really struggling with it. <laughs> and, they, and they ask me good questions. And they remind me of the scriptures that God has given me victory. And that I don't have to, not only is there just a resistance, because you, can re, you can't resist forever. You can't resist forever. Anybody who, who's ever fought with just a defense, is rough. Like, there has to be some sort of, uh, uh, of pursuing, of going forward. All right, so we resisted them. And these dear brothers, they go, oh, man, that one. They tell me me too. They share with me their struggles. They share, and we go, now let's pursue Jesus. Let's find, Because Jesus is enough. I, go, I, can't, I can't forgive this person. What they've done to me is, to, wait, wait, wait. But I remember, Jesus on the cross forgave me all of my sin. And whatever betrayal they gave to me is nothing in comparison to the betrayal I gave to God. And they've forgiven me. He's forgiven me. And so I can forgive them. see, it's resist the devil forcefully. And we seek God fervently. And we do those, anybody know? Together. Together. Then, we pursue God fully. We pursue God fully. Look at that in um, verse 8. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Okay. You know how, like, we have the reputation of being hypocrites? Did you know that you have a reputation of being a hypocrite? We're, just sitting in this room, you have a reputation of being a hypocrite. I don't know if you know this, right? If they know in your office that you're a Christian, then you're the hypocrite in the office. Now, good news. If you're not a Christian, if you're not a Christian, just so you know, we've got room for more hypocrites. <laughs> you, you're welcome to come. But that's what you're known as. You're known as a hypocrite. And so this verse fights against our tendency for hypocrisy. Look look at what it says. It says, come near, and we talked about that. Wash your hands, purify your hearts. You see, God doesn't just want your hands clean. He wants your heart clean. He speaks about the outside sin. But he also speaks about the inside motive. Mostly in our church, we, to my shame, we mostly just speak about the outside sin. That's what we talk about. Hey man, don't cheat on your wife, don't do drugs, you know, don't smoke crack, don't, you know, whatever, don't rob a car, don't, you know, don't hit your wife, don't yell at your husband. We talk about these hands things. And we could become a, a church that only thinks that as long as I clean my hands, that I'm good. No, 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 no purify your hearts because you know that it's possible to do the right thing with the wrong motives and we call that sin i mean think about it how many times have i thought that i served god and then when i didn't get the reward i wanted i was like yeah later gator that's it because i don't serve with pure motives i don't serve because i love i don't serve because i want to uh, lay down my life for others you know i serve i serve to have a better reputation I deserve because I, I I don't want people to talk. I surf because I want people to talk. I don't want people to talk bad about me. You see, we need to wash our hands, but we need to purify our hearts. God is interested in the outside and in the inside. What is your motive for loving your wife? Well, it's a terrible thing to take your wife on a date and tell her that you love her only because you're hoping for a reward at the end of the night. And it's a terrible thing to tell your husband uh, how much you love him and give him that reward only because you're expecting some other reward in another way. You see... Wash your hands. But there's stuff that you could do with your hands that looks perfectly fine on the outside. But in your heart, it's just miserable sin. So he says, not only pursue God, uh, and not only uh, uh, resist the devil forcefully and seek God fervently, but he says, pursue God fully. So right now, it's possible that, okay, let me just speak to the addicts, right? There might be one or two of you in the room, and I know that's not a whole lot of you, but I'm going to try to speak to you. I'm just going to speak to the addicts, and if you're not an addict, just hang on. I'll get to you in a second. So, okay, so here's the deal. It's possible that the reason that you're staying clean is just so you can get your marriage back or just so you can get your kids back. Now, let me pause for a second. I don't care why you're clean. Let me just say that. I don't care why you're clean. Stay clean, please, please. Don't go back out to using. There's no. The, the, your last run is a very good indicator of where that always ends, right? Don't go back, don't go back, don't go back. But I've been around long enough to know if the shift doesn't happen from selfish, I want to get my children back, I want to get my marriage back, I want to get my job back. If it doesn't move from selfish to glorifying God, God, I'm clean, because you are a better joy than that ever was. If, if, if it doesn't make that sure. Sh- now, 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 I think we just found out who the addicts were. Thank you for self-disclosing. It's terrible. It's terrible. Okay, here's my point. Here's my point. That I, no, 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 come back, come back, come back. This is funny. This is not funny, rather. Um, uh, this is important. This is important. Listen to me. If I am not there, keep staying clean. I'm just telling you that God is going to grow you to purify your heart. Amen. That Okay, we'll start there. Like when my kid started walking, I was like, uh, you know, like that. But there comes a time where he really doesn't need me to watch him walk every second, right? There, there, there's a maturity, and we need to mature. Amen. So we resist the devil forcefully. We, pursue, we seek God fervently. We pursue God fully. But there's only, listen, you can't pursue. There's a way that we can pursue God fully. I want you, I don't know if you know what it, but we can only do that together. together. You can't, you know why? Because I need my sisters to pull me up on stuff and say, Edwin, the way you say, the way you see, the way you act, the way you believe is contrary to the word of God. And I need my brothers to tell me the way you say, the way you see, the way you act, the way you is contrary to the word of God. You can't pursue God fully. It's why he gave us the church. We do it together. God gives more grace to resist the devil forcefully, seek God fervently, pursue God fully, treat sin seriously. Okay, this one's going to take a second. Okay, look at verse nine. My wife was uh, uh, saying, hey man, we were were having a good discussion yesterday about this particular verse. Grieve, mourn, and wail. How's about that? That's a command. Grieve, mourn, and wail. And then it gets even better. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. What? I've, I've always wanted to change my gloom to joy and my mourning into laughter. I've never, ever desired to change my laughter to morning and my gloom to uh, joy to gloom, I've never wanted to do that. James is giving us an insight that we don't get. You and I OK it, it's all relative, right? In, in this sense. Your joy and OK, do you know what we call a person who in society, murders people but doesn't care? It's like, you know, it's cool. He murders somebody, and then he goes to the club, and then, you know, you know it's a, what, what do we call that person? A sociopath, right? Because even though this is a culture of, no, don't feel bad, don't feel shame, don't feel, you know, any remorse, you know, just, just you know, your self-esteem, that's so important. you got to lift up your self-esteem, and you, gotta, you can't just, you know, you're not as bad as your worst moment and all that other stuff, right? Just because that's the culture that we come from Right? We would all still agree that that person should feel bad about what they've done, if they've murdered someone or, or several someones. Right? OK. So if they came to us, in fact, you'll see this. You'll see this in, um, in court proceedings. Somebody will murder somebody. And then what they'll do, the, the, the prosecution will bring up their Facebook uh, page a week or so, or even the day or so, their Twitter account. And they'll go, oh, they were remorseful? Look at this. They were at a club. They did this. They went, you know, it's like, hey, taking a p-, you know, right? To prove that they weren't remorseful at all. Because it's inappropriate to be happy when you've done something so heinous, right? Beloved, you're the sociopath. You're the one who walks to God and go, God will forgive me. Don't worry. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. Come on, God. Let's do it together. All right. I'll sin tomorrow and I've sinned today and I'm going to sin right now. But God, you love me. You'll come with me. Come on. Come on, God. That's how we treat. And, and God is going, stop it. Stop it. We need, we need to treat sin seriously it's appropriate to weep over our sin. If you're, if you're a single who continually finds your loneliness satisfied in sinful areas and not Jesus, you should weep over that. If you're a spouse and you continually cut down men with your fresh jokes, women with your biting words, and you completely cut down your spouse, you shouldn't, you shouldn't say, like, yeah, but they did. Yeah, but uh, you don't understand what's been going on. You should be weeping. We should be weeping. We've got to treat sin seriously. Mm. You know, the only way we can treat sin seriously, right? Together. Sometimes you need and in our church here's what happens We start treating sin seriously and somebody goes up to so and so and they go you know so and so so and so you're sinning and they go who are you to judge me who are you to tell me what you ain't God ain't And we're going to talk about judging next week. If you want to come about judging, we're going to talk about that next week. Don't miss next week. Next week is going to be super powerful. So just say, I'm going to be here next week. Say that. I hope you didn't lie. But here's my point. Here's my point. My point is, is that we tend to run away from the people who want to pull. And maybe, maybe we don't have the best delivery. Maybe that, oh, they said it in such a condescending way. They said it in a judgmental way. Who cares? You should be weeping. When I'm weeping, I don't care about the cars that are driving by. I'm weeping. We need to weep over our sin. And we can only do that together. And then, finally, we trust God completely. We trust God completely. Now, God gives us the grace to do this. God gives us the grace to do this. Trust God completely. Right here, even with the grieve, you see in verse 9, grieve, wail, and mourn, change your laughter into mourning, into gloom, and you might think that that's that's not lifting up my self-esteem. That's just making me feel bad. This is why I don't like religion. Well, it's because you have it reversed. You're not supposed to lift up your self-esteem. Leave that up to God. It says here, listen to what it says. Humble yourselves before the Lord. There's that word humility again. Humble yourselves before the Lord and what? He'll lift you up. You don't have to worry about lifting yourself up. God will lift you up. And so if God lifts you up, listen to me. Now, here's the thing. Anybody know how God lifts us up? Together. He does it together. Do it together. Okay, so God gives us more grace to resist, to seek, to pursue, to treat sin seriously, and to trust God completely. Okay, if that's true. Now, how you might be sitting there thinking, I don't know if I could resist the devil forcefully. I fall into the sin. You might be thinking, I can't seek God fervently, I try and then I read my Bible and then I fall off and I start going back to my old bugaboos. Or you might say, uh, pursue God fully and you go, I don't pursue God fully. I really like this sin and I like this other thing that I like to pursue Or you might say, I don't treat sin seriously. If I treated sin seriously, I want to kill myself, I don't want to do that, it's too painful Or you say, trust God completely, I can't trust God completely, I got to handle this. you know God helps those who help themselves. And I'm, and I'm telling you, and I'm telling you, he gives more grace. Amen. He gives more grace. Now, I want to illustrate this for you before the band um, starts uh, playing a song. Is there anybody here who, like, loves ice cream, not on a diet, and is not a diabetic? All right, Ben, come on up. All right. So, Ben, run, hurry. Do a sprint. Yes. All right. That was awesome, Ben. That was awesome. Yeah, man. All right, Ben, sit down. All right, so here. Yeah, when we're talking about ice cream, everybody wants to run. Okay, so here we go. So now watch this. Um, okay, sit down. Okay, now here's the deal. Here's the deal. God gives more grace, right? God gives more grace. God gives more grace, right? All right, so now watch this. Now watch this. What happens is is you go, I need more grace. I need more grace to forgive. I need more grace to pursue God f- fully in um. Uh, I need more grace to pursue God fully. I need more grace to resist. I feel like I'm being overcome. Yo, I can't help myself. I feel like I'm going to fall again. No, 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 you need more grace. And God goes, okay, listen. Here, you need more grace? That looks good. Oh, nuts. I don't know how to open these. Okay, here we go. God goes, okay. Wow, that's... All right, so the flavor, thank you, is chocolate. And it's organic for y'all who... uh, Have to have everything, right? All right. So God goes, here. Uh, Here, Ben. Have more grace. And so Ben starts to enjoy the grace that God is giving. All right? But, But eat it all, Ben. Come on. It's all yours. Eat it all. But here's what's happening. What's happening is as Ben is enjoying more grace from God, it seems like less grace is available to him. But, but, Go, hey, wait, 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 wait. Oh, hey, looks like Ben needs more grace. And so Ben does need more grace because we don't have the strength. And so watch this. So what God does is God brings, God, brings ben some, God brings Ben some people in his life. Listen to me. God brings Ben more people in his life to help him love Jesus and to point out his blind spots. And this one is mint chip. All right? I don't know. I don't like mint, but there you go. All right? And then, and... Uh, let me get that spoon. All right? And he gives it to him. And here you go. And then and he can't. Watch this. And then there's more grace. Here's the point. This can go on and on, can it not? All right, now y'all want to know the flavor. Yeah. Gospel schmospel. Tell me the flavor. Right, I understand. Banana Foster. Whatever that is. All right, now that was a big reaction. So, so here's, don't you wish you were doing the illustration? Okay. okay. So here's the point. What's the point? But he gives more grace. He gives more grace. Now watch this. Watch this. If you think ice cream is good you should try grace. If you think, listen to me, if you think banana whatever is good, you should try grace. If you think that chocolate chip is good, you should try grace because he gives more grace. What are you struggling with? What are you telling God he can't help you with? Is it resisting the devil forcefully? Is there an area of your life where you resist and you go, God, you you don't have enough grace. You don't have enough ice cream. You don't have enough. Is it seeking God fervently? God, you don't have enough grace. Is it pursuing God fully? God, you don't have enough grace. Is it treating sin seriously? You don't have enough grace. Is it trusting God completely? You don't have enough grace. Which one is it? I'm telling you, there's more where this came from. There's more where this came from. Listen, but God gives more grace. Let's thank Ben for that. Could you imagine? Could you imagine what life would be like? Could you imagine what life would be like breaking through that 30-day sort of glass ceiling that you always go back out in? Would you imagine what it would be like to be in a committed relationship and not go outside of it? Could you imagine what that would be like? Could you imagine what it would be like not to trust the numbers in your bank account, but to trust the God who, tr- who loves you? Could you imagine what it would be like to not have to wo- ha- carry the weight of the world on your shoulders, but doing this together? I'm telling you, your life wouldn't be the same. Your kids' lives wouldn't be the same. People at work wouldn't be the same. And that can happen. It's because, listen to me, We can do this together. Everything that we just said is because Jesus was the only one who resisted the devil forcefully and completely. You and I can do this because remember, we're we're people who are following Christ. We can seek God fervently because Jesus was the only one who sought him completely and utterly. We can pursue God fully because Jesus followed the Father to the point of death. We could treat sin seriously because Jesus was the one who had no sin and treated sin like a heart attack. And we can trust God completely because Jesus, who had no sin, Trusted the Father completely to the point where it cost him his life so that you and I can trust God completely to the point where we gain life. Beloved, because Jesus is our Savior and he's done that for us, he'll do that in us. Run to him. Run to him. Let's stand and pray. but he gives more grace. He gives more grace and more grace and more grace. You've run away from him and you don't think he's got enough grace for you, he's got enough. You think that there's no grace left for you because of what you did last night or last month or last year or 20 years ago, there's more grace. You think you've gone too far, there's more grace. You're struggling, you're wrestling right now. beloved, don't do it alone. There's more grace. So I just want to ask, who here needs more grace? Who here needs more grace? I want to pray for you. I need more grace, too. I need more grace, too. Me, too. Me, too. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for my friends. Pray that you would draw us to yourself, recognizing that the grace that we need is never going to be found in our own strength. Recognizing that the grace that you give doesn't always feel good, but it's best for us. Recognizing that the grace that you give is given in community. We're not to do this on our own. Lord, would you deeply move in our hearts to humbly come before you, admitting finally that our way in relationships don't work, that our way in singleness don't work, our way with money and clean time and it just doesn't work. Help us, oh God, in our marriages, help us with our children. Help us in every area of our lives. Help us to see that Jesus is enough and that we don't do it trying to be good, but we do it because Jesus has done it for us, for we do pray.